Before I get started on today's Mortcast presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, I would like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee, in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Um, <clears throat> look, right now, it's kind of hard to go see... You know, go to your favorite wine place because obviously there's a lot of cases of coronavirus happening in Colorado. Restrictions are back. Um, hospitalizations are up. It's, it's hard. Uh, but the good thing about Blanchard Family Wines is they make it really easy for you to, if you want to go in during the day, have a socially distanced table uh, at 25% capacity. Or if you want to have a virtual wine tasting, which I highly, highly suggest you go in now to check out at bfwdenver.com. Um, that which will really help you, um, you know, do it virtually, you know, and I've, I've actually, it's, it's one of the, one of the most popular things they do. Um, but you can also go to bfwdenver.com and order wine and which is what I have done. Uh, I have got uh, a couple bottles here of the 2017 Cabernet, which is really good. But if you don't like Cabernet, they got Pinot, you know, they got other reds, they've got a Riesling, they've got whites. The Riesling is in partnership with a Western Slope winery named Storm Cellars. You know, it's, they got the wine there. You just got to go to bfwdenver.com and check them out. They're also on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Moisee. You're going to be for Lowell downtown, Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. When you go in, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me in the latest Mortcast, part of the CST Network. I am, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Uh, okay, well, we finally have some news to report on, and it's been increasingly hard for me to record these uh, Nuggets-related podcasts, uh, considering that there hasn't been much news going on. Off-season is kind of weird, so I hope everyone has been enjoying my uh, uh, music and um, uh, movie and whatever else. My, and I also have a new politics podcast. Uh, everyone seems to be enjoying those. Um, obviously, the politics one is not everyone's cup of tea, but, you know, you understand. It's, it's, it, this, uh, this is kind of a uh, different era we're in right now. And I've really branched out into doing a whole bunch of other things. Like I said, I don't get paid to do this shit. I just do it because I like it. So I hope you enjoy these, uh, these podcasts. Um, there is some news, finally. And this is about the NBPA and the NBA coming to an agreement on the, how to proceed for the season. Uh, basically, it's going to start December 22nd, which is really soon after the end of the season. Uh, it's a full month uh, quicker than most seasons, and there probably will not be a preseason. Uh, there is a, um, an agreement to proceed on the cap, which is $109 million. And the tax, which is $137 million, if I remember correctly. And this is going to kind of, and it won't stay flat, but it will increase marginally over the next few seasons. Uh, and the BRI, uh, basketball-related income, will be affected only marginally. Uh, depends on what, uh, depends on how they don't hit projections, blah, blah, blah. It's a whole bunch of stuff that people don't care about, but... Um, one thing that does matter is, well, two things that do matter is that, um, the escrow hold withholding right now, I think is right around 10%, but that could increase depending on how much they, uh, fall short of their projections, which, you know, 
It's a pandemic, so the chances are pretty pretty big. There will be no fans this year. Uh, they haven't told us what the schedule is going to look like, so that's going to withhold comment on that. Once we get a release of the schedule and how the NBA is going to approach this next season, I'll be able to comment further on that. There have been rumors about kind of doing a, bas- a baseball-style series in each series, in, in each season, excuse me, basketball-style series this season. Uh, but that's only speculation at this point. No one knows how they're going to proceed yet. That is still very much up in the air. So uh, that is going to be left for us to kind of speculate about as we go forward. But the biggest thing I think will affect the Denver Nuggets was, uh, well, two things that are going to affect the Nuggets directly. I'm going to talk about the, the, this one first. Um, when I talked about the, the uh, cap and the tax staying basically flat. Um, you really couldn't make any sort of in the any front office executive in the NFL in, excuse me NBA would tell you that they couldn't really make any advancements on what they wanted to do until they knew where the cap was going to be, and basically the cap hasn't moved, right? So with a flat cap from last season, they can know exactly how to proceed, how to wedge in contracts and all that stuff. Um, it is going to probably affect how Jeremy Grant's. For for instance, contract is proceeded. Um, it's going to affect how they proceed with trades. Everything. You really, I mean, people they need to know a number. This isn't this isn't a situation where um, you can kind of fly by the seat of your pants. They need to know where that ta- that cap is because you can't proceed in certain directions when the cap uh, is when you're over the cap. So if you're over the cap, you are restricted in a lot of different ways. And when you're in the tax, you're doubly restricted. So it's good to know where that is. And this will definitely affect Jeremy Grant because we don't know, you know, obviously the Nuggets intend to sign him, but it may affect in the way that uh, he goes into his next contract. Um, There will be teams out there that I can guarantee you will court him. Um maybe Detroit, maybe Atlanta. Those are teams that have uh, Buco uh, cap space, um, which is kind of rare this year. Cap space is a premium at this point for a lot of teams. And it's not a great free agent class. So if you're a team out there who saw Jeremy Grant in the Clippers series and the uh, Lakers series and were like, I like the cut of his jib, uh, they may precede him, and if they proceed, you know, pursue him. Excuse me, not precede him. And if they heavily say, like, we'll give you twenty million, I'm inclined to believe. I don't know this for a fact, but I'm inclined to believe the Nuggets will not say we're going to match twenty million dollars a year. I think they will just let him go at that point because Jeremy Grant is not a twenty million dollar a year player. Uh, he's basically a fourteen to fifteen million dollar a year player, and I think, in my view, fifteen is pushing it. But I think about 14 a year is a pretty good place for him to land. Um, and we'll see. We'll see. There's a, it's an interesting free agent, agent class, but it's not a good one. Um, so, But this cap, and they're finally, they're, what they've settled on with the cap, will influence how they proceed. Because now they know. And that will be good. Also will affect how they proceed on Paul Millsap and how they proceed on Mason Basin Plumley. Of the three, uh, Grant, Millsap, and Plumley, I would p- go out on a limb and say that 
Plumley is likely the one that doesn't return. Um, but that's just a guess. Uh, I think because Plumley has attributes that aren't as necessary in the playoffs, uh, it greatly affects his value. The Nuggets complete, basically competed against themselves to give him a contract uh, the last time they signed him after they traded for him in 2017. So coming into this year, uh, he may have skills that aren't as valued as they were back in 2017. Um, but at this point, that's just a guess. I don't know. Um, Paul Millsap, I think they would want back for his veteran presence, but it won't be $30 million a year. That, that, that number will not be approached again. Paul Millsap has uh, basically Paul Millsap has basically come into this at the, with the acknowledgement from many people in the NBA that his obviously his prime years are behind him, and that was really displayed in the playoffs. I mean, he had a couple moments in that game five against the uh, Clippers being one of them, right? So, obviously, that will play into thought there, but once again, the cap is going to make a difference. Millsap's $30 million coming off the books. Plumlee's contract coming off the books. And the need to resign Grant. But keep in mind, Millsap's contract coming off the books is going to be largely eaten up by Jamal Murray's contract. So think of that as a wash. Think of Paul Millsap not being there. Uh, basically, that $30 million is going to be just replaced by Jamal's $26, $27 million, Okay, So that, that's gone. Um, so in essence, you're working with the cap space created by Mason Plumlee not being there and, and Jeremy Grant's whatever he was making uh, before he resigns or whatever. So you're, you're looking at roughly $20 million, plus Torrey Craig's contract, which wasn't much. Um, so that's where the Nuggets are, have their playroom unless they make a trade. Now, I've said, gone on record many times and say, like, if the Nuggets are going to make a move, quote, a move, uh, they will have to make a trade. And with the rumors of Drew Holiday out there, we're going to see, because they actually technically have the cap space to make a trade right now without signing Jeremy Grant. Um, but in, in, reality, in reality, you would have to figure that Jeremy Grant's number, if they really intend on signing him, would largely take up the cap space created by Mason Plumlee not being there. And if they trade, they would have to obviously inversely free up salary uh, enough to have Drew Holiday's last year come into the into being. Um, it's all complicated stuff, but all of this is affected by where the cap number is. And 109 million is where we're at as far as the cap goes. Then there's that gap between the cap and the tax, and then anything above the tax will it will affect uh, the way teams proceed. Now, I'm going to take a break and talk to you about DraftKings. And on the other side of the DraftKings read, I'm going to talk about the changes to the luxury tax that may or may not affect this Denver Nuggets team and its quote-unquote excuses going forward. This Sunday will be a truly Sunday like, truly a Sunday like no other. 
With this weekend's major golf tournament, along with both professional and collegiate football, there will be no shortage of action. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, uh, wants to put you into the center of the action with so many different ways to make it rain. Our rain is spelled R-E-I-G-N. If you haven't tried the app yet, head on over the app, to the App Store now because you won't want to miss this. To celebrate Sunday's action, DraftKings is ensuring all new users... Excuse me. DraftKings, I messed this up the last time I did this read. DraftKings is ensuring all new users are covered up to $100. That's right. You bet they cover risk three Sunday betting on all of Sunday's action. This weekend, there's plenty of action to get in, in on, so head on over to the app now make, to, to start making it rain. Uh, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS when you sign up to this can't-miss offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring your Sunday bets up to $100. That's right. You bet, and they cover up to $100 when you use promo code MHS during the sign-up. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. Risk-free coverage paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Uh, one of the key adjustments that I saw, and I tweeted this out when, of course, the news came down, was... The adjustments to the luxury tax, which is a kind of, I mean, kind of counterintuitive to where you would think they would make up revenue. You would ho- think that they would hose or really start squeezing these teams for tax money if the league was falling short of projections. Well, the league, in a acquiescence, I think, to bigger market teams, has lessened luxury tax penalties. Uh, subs- you know, with adjustments due to the BRI. So it's a complicated, it's a complicated because the NBA is run by nothing but lawyers. I mean, everything is very complicated, but it's, it's basically adjusted to what the BRI is, which is basketball related income to the uh, year. So your tax payment will be adjusted based on where the BRI projections are. So it's the percentage of what the revenue they t- took in. Um, and I and I believe they're going to have this for a couple of years while they recover from the pandemic. Um, with lower, then you would you would have to assume it would be much lower tax payments for going into the luxury tax. The amount of excuses built in for uh, KSC, well, can't call them KSC. Okay, they are not run by KSC, but the the amount of uh, excuses for not going into the luxury tax uh, if you're running the Denver Nuggets are, are running thin at this point. You have a team that's ready to win. And at this point, with lessened luxury tax payments, uh, you would think that the restrictions about having to go into those the, the tax would be something that would play into the higher-ups at Pepsi Center and their motivations. Um, now, going into the text, as we have seen over and over over time, does not guarantee you success. Uh, oftentimes, it hasn't. I mean, look at the 2007-2008 Nuggets, okay? They have Allen Iverson on the roster. They're, paying, they're getting whacked with luxury tax because of his salary and Carmelo's salary and Kenyon Martin's salary. 
and it just and and carcass can be celery, and it just you know it didn't work. It it wasn't something that worked, and the nuggets retreated big time from the tax the next year, uh, never to have gone back into the tax again. So we're talking at this point we're going on to. Well, they dipped in and out very quickly of the tax the following year. Uh, excuse me, the following year, the 2009-2010 season. But it was, it was quick. It was like kind of like dipping your toe in. And the luxury tax payments back then were a lot less onerous than they are right now, right? But it's been 10 years. It's been a decade. It's been a decade of avoiding the tax. Um, really, at this point, they, you just, the excuse isn't there if they're lowering tax payments. One of the reasons, and it's very fascinating to me that we're at this point, one of the reasons that they levied these, these tax penalties in 2011, in, excuse me, 2000, yeah, 2011, was to basically penalize teams for constantly going into the cap, like the Lakers. It was basically what you would call the Lakers cap. That was why they instituted it in there to kind of make a tiered system of luxury payments to whack teams like the Lakers who were living in the tax. Yes, they were paying out more tax, but they were living in the tax. They were doing something that no one else could do, right? Because of their own financial situation, they're the Lakers, yada, yada. So you could talk about the repeater tax, all this stuff. It was FY, you know, AKA the Lakers tax. And it's fascinating to me that they adjusted that because really what it's going to do is make it easier for the Lakers to retain their team. Um, And it's going to lessen revenue to the rest of the league. It's a strange way to handle this. And I'm not entirely sure. And this is just my own perception of it. I'm not really sure how this helps smaller market teams, but the Nuggets are at a different point. The Nuggets are at a win-now point. And really, in essence, what it does is kind of limit their their litany of excuses for not going into the tax. And I'm not talking about... I mean, that, that and any, any resistance to going into the tax is almost entirely based on the way, 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 way higher-ups at KSE or, uh, you know, the ownership level. That's not the that's not the management level, and uh, we'll see. It's a, it's an interesting thing to talk about because at the same time, you, the Nuggets know where the cap is and where the cap space is. At the same time, you got uh, what is increasingly more lax ability to go into the tax to solidify your team. Now, you can't, as I said just before, you can't go into the tax just to have tax. I mean, like, like you just, it, that doesn't guarantee you uh, a team. But if it takes going there to make the key piece come in, you do it. And I think that's where the crossroads where the Nuggets are at right now. They are not a building team anymore. They made the Western Conference Finals last year, right? The building is... is is already set. They need to put a new veneer on and to make it extra pretty and to get them to be the best building in town. And that is the hardest thing to do, but having that ease of luxury tax payment 
should make it easier to apply that veneer. And hopefully the Nuggets see that too. And I think, I think they do. It's just how to do it. This free agent class this year is not very good. But it may make it easier for them to do a trade. And I think that is where I'm focused, uh, be it Drew Holiday or any other player out there who happens to be available. Uh, that is where kind of you got to think. Um, because, like I said, the free agent class is not great. And you're not going to find a, a player in this this free agent crop, aside from their own players, let me make that clear, aside from their own players, that is going to put them over the top. And it's not worth signing. It's, it's really going to be hard. So it's going to have to be via trade if the Nuggets are that, are going to come into this year thinking, well, this is our year. That's what they got to do. And we'll see if the ease of luxury tax and knowing where this uh, where the cap is and the and and the tax is going forward, if they know, because starting on on uh, November twentieth is free agency. The draft is the November eighteenth, and who knows it? I've stayed away from it. I mean, folks. Don't look to me for draft talk. There's ten million other podcasts for to talk about the draft. I have no interest in it. The Nuggets use it in a trade, then I'll have some interest. But then they have the twenty second pick. I've no interest in that until I see the guy. So let's leave it to other people. Free agency starts November 20th, two days, two days after the draft. And then the moratorium was shortened to from seven to two days. So it's November 22nd is when official signings can happen. This is going to come fast and furious, folks. And we're on the 10th right now as I'm recording this. So we've got eight days till the draft. And we got 10 days till free agency starts. Just... It's going to come fast and furious, folks, and I'm going to have you covered here on CSG. All righty. Thank you all for joining me on the latest CSG podcast via the Mortcast. I'll be talking to you soon. Goodbye.